This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about how do you leverage social media for your speaking business. And we are joined by LaShondra McCarty. Hey, LaShondra, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So what are your two tips for speakers on how to leverage social? So I have two super important tips. One is that everything is content. Yes, everything. And the second is social media is not haphazard. You have to plan for your social media success. All right. Well, I know most speakers use social media. Some of us are better at it than others. Some of us dabble. There's a lot of spaghetti being thrown against the wall. So we're going to have some fun unpacking your tips today. For those of you who don't know LaShondra McCarty, she helps brands tell their story with the goal of monetizing. She is a speaker and a consultant, and she works with companies, with expert entrepreneurs, and with nonprofits. And she shows them how to work smarter, not harder, as they continue to add different social media platforms and as new ones are released, because there'll be something new tomorrow and we'll all be like, oh my gosh, what do we do? Well, LaShondra knows how to do it and knows how to do it without freaking out. She lives in Biloxi, Mississippi. She attends the New Orleans chapter of the National Speakers Association. And this last summer, she became a national member of NSA. So, LaShondra, welcome to Speakernomics and welcome to the National Speakers Association family. Thank you so much. I'm excited about it. So let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you become an expert in social? I kind of didn't have a choice. So when I originally went to school, the goal was that I would be the person doing the numbers on the matrix or working on Lord of the Rings. Those were the dreams during the time. And when I actually got out, there was so much happening online that I really started paying attention to social media. And of course it started with the big boy, which is Facebook and people had so many deficiencies in that area. And I was studying it all the time. And I really liked what was happening and how you could actually up-level your engagement from just having a website that I never actually left this space completely. (laughs) Well, well, awesome. And, you know, you've gotten into the speaking world. How has social media impacted your speaking career personally? It's made me focus more on my brand. You know, interestingly enough, I was talking to some PR professionals earlier today, like a couple of hours ago, and uh, what I was telling them was, and I hope they listen to me, is that to be building your own brand. So I was a social media manager on a lot of pages or I would go in and speak at a conference and then I'd walk out of the door and never think about any of the things that I'll be telling people to do today. 
because that wasn't my mindset. And a few years later, when I really started to think about what it would mean to be a professional speaker, I mean, I was getting paid, but I didn't consider myself a professional speaker. Like I was, I was just asked to come and speak at a conference, you know, like that's how I explained it. And I started to think about the fact that I was not turning that lens on myself. It's kind of like being a photographer, but never taking a picture of yourself. <laughs> awesome. So let's jump into your tips because I think these are, are really good and they, they sound simple, but I think we're going to have a lengthy conversation here. So your first tip is everything is content. Well, what do you mean by everything? I mean, everything, all of it is actually content. So as a speaker, you're probably thinking about, well, my speech is the content. And that's true. Your speech is the content. That moment that you're on stage is content. But what else is content is you thinking about your speech. You know, when you get that cup of coffee or that nice chai tea and you go sit on your porch and you have your pen and pad and you're so focused and looking super cerebral, that is content. It's giving people the behind the scenes content. So you should actually use that and let them see the process of being a speaker. You know, show them your camera people who are actually helping you to capture those moments. Show them the wild and crazy moments that you have when you're just trying to do something like me the other day, as simple as printing something out and all the disasters that can come from doing something super, super simple. So it really is all content. And what ends up happening is that we don't speak on stages every single day. You're not speaking before an audience every day. We, we all so wish you, we all wish we did. I mean, of course we do. I mean, that would be fantastic, right? Especially if you're traveling to cool places. But if you only post when you're on a stage, then there could be weeks and months before you actually put something else out there, some other piece of content that could help people. Uh, another thing that, as far as everything being content, is your expertise. So we all speak, but we speak on different things. And it's usually something that's pulled out of our background. Well, you're an expert in that area, even if you've only done it for two or three years, that means you know more than the person who's never done it at all. So think about moments where you can actually be teaching somebody and utilizing those tips that you've learned, those tricks of the trade. Those are actually content also, and it positions you as an expert. And so even if somebody isn't thinking about needing a speaker for a conference, they're just touching base with you and you are becoming their person for that particular thing. And when they do have that need, they'll recommend you because they know that you're putting out really good content that's been helpful to them. So I'm thinking about, you know, you were saying that, hey, you know, having trouble with your printer, that's social media content, you know, uh, sitting there contemplating what you're going to write in your next book, you know, while you sit with your with your iced chai, that's content. And I guess even things you do in your personal life, if you're a water skier or if you are a, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, you know, someone who travels extens extensively, that becomes part of the content and, and part of your image and your brand. So how do you think about everything being content, because some things might be smarmy or self-serving. How do you draw the line? I mean, that's, that would be really be an internal question. Like, am I doing this for, for the likes and shares, or am I doing this to, to just give my audience another vantage point of me? And if you, if it's for the, the first thing, yeah, don't do it. And, and when you're doing this content, you're not selling, right? So I'm not saying, oh, post this picture of yourself and then try to get them to buy something. Like that isn't the ultimate goal. And people will see through that because it is massively inauthentic. Um, but you are sharing yourself as a personal brand. You know, speakers are getting up there. And even if they're working for a corporation, they are presenting as an individual. They're presenting themselves. 
And what's so interesting is when you go into some of those things that are more personal, sometimes people gravitate to that because they get to see you as more human. So I, I took this trip and I usually never post a lot on the, the personal side, but I took a trip to Chicago and there was a spot that I wanted to check out. And it was just a, um, a little shop that sold macarons and tea. Yum. So before I left Chicago, <laughs> I know, right? I'm, so I'm, go, I'm going to Chicago <laughs> for Christmas. So you need to tell me where that is later. Where I went. So I was like, I have to go. Like, I have to check this spot out. So I go and while I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, let me just do a quick reel. And I'm just going to talk about these macarons. And it was a blueberry lavender. Yum. So Yum. good. It was so good. <laughs> so I do a reel and all I'm doing is, is eating this thing and talking about how delicious it is and how much I love blueberries. Do you know, I had tons of comments on that little reel as, as unimpressive as it was. You know, but it was just a regular moment and people like food and they were like, where are you? And that's so good. And do they ship and all these other things? And it wasn't for me. It wasn't my business. Right. You know, so if they made purchases, they wouldn't come back to me. But it was just sharing a little slice of life moment from an experience that I had in Chicago. So I love that idea that a little slice of life moment actually becomes content for social media. But there were two things that you said and you talked about just showing the more human side of yourself. Mm -hmm. But the other thing was you talked about being, you know, massively inauthentic because I've seen a lot of people, not just speakers who are trying to position themselves and everything is that smarmy, inauthentic, eh, aren't I the greatest? Aren't I the greatest? And I think that this is, this is a problem that a lot of people can't figure out where to draw the line. So, you know, let's go a little deeper here. How do we draw the line between being smarmy? Look at me and really connecting on a human level. I think a part of it will be around the, how you built your community out. So when I do posts, it's because I've heard that question several times. You know, if I've gone to a conference and somebody keeps saying it, or if I've had some business counseling session, I'm like, okay, this is a problem. People don't understand this. So let me just do a quick little nugget on what this means and how they can accomplish this. And I, and I hate to, to say it this way because it's going to sound a little altruistic, but it, it does go back to what your motivations are. So is your motivation that you're you're helping somebody else along? And maybe it's on, on some level, maybe to my disadvantage that I, I go in with the, I want to help people along. Like, I don't want you to have this problem. So if I can make this easier, if I can, can cut through some of the noise that you're having or some of the anxiety that you're having about this space, then that's my goal. And you may never buy anything from me, but at least I've helped you. And so I think that you have to ask that question of why are you doing this? And is this a community for you or is this just a body of buyers? Because people <laughs> will feel that they will feel that way. And I guess it's, it really boils down to if you're really having that moment and you're wondering, should I put this up? Because I feel like I feel like I'm selling them on something or attempting to sell them on something. If it's not beneficial to them, then don't sell it. So I love that. Is it a community or is it a body of buyers? I think that is a great answer to the question because I think it gives us that 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 sort of bookends to how we need to be careful with what we're doing when it comes to, you know, what we're posting and why we're posting it and how we're doing it. Now, the other thing is 
along these lines is, you know, I said, you talked about like the, the blueberry and lavender macarons. That's yes. delicious sounding. I'm going to go eat those when I'm in Chicago. <laughs> but what are some things that are business oriented under the thing of everything is content that maybe some people don't think about? Okay. So, you know, as I mentioned before, the tips, and it's going to become things that you really don't think about. So if you go into a room and you are, you're speaking and you're walking in, you're like, I have all this expertise. Well, on social media, especially depending on the platform that you're using, you're not going to have 40 minutes or an hour to get everything out. So if you had to narrow those nuggets down, what would they be? You know, would it be, you know, top 10 ways to do blah and just kind of whittle that information down into smaller bites. And that's actually content that would position you and it's stuff that you already know. If you are somebody who writes for like a magazine or a publication or even a blog, that's content. And you can repurpose that particular content, of course, like on your website or in that publication, but you can also take it and make small videos out of it. You could do reels or TikToks around it. And that serves as content for you. You can take one-liners that you said or nice quotes that people like, man, that was so funny. That's the best thing I've ever heard anybody say and turn that into a tweet. You know, you can take pieces of your speech and go, that's that line is that's it right there. And just take that line out. And that's a quotable moment. Or you can take that text and put it in Canva. I'm saying Canva because a lot of people use Canva and it's really easy. Sure. It's a great resource to, to make some nice visuals for sure. Yes. You know, the template is right there and you can just take that phrase and put it into a template on Canva and share it on Instagram and Twitter. So that's your content as well. So another thing I've seen stand up comics do is they take little one minute clips from their their stand up routine and they make them into reels. Is this something that speakers could do? They could essentially take little snippets of their keynote and turn them into video reels. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, Everybody, you're not on the stage every single night, but if you recorded anything, you can go back and pull those files. I did some speeches years ago and I had never done anything with them. I was really recording them just so I could go back and, and critique myself. And one day I was like, you know, why don't you just share these? Like, there's nothing, there's no harm. It's yours, right? <laughs> just, just put it out there. And I just, I had like a couple that were an hour long and I just cut them up into these very small chunks. And I would pick out sentences that were enough to give people uh, a substantial amount of information. It felt like they got some, some truth out of it or, or something that they could relate to, but it wasn't the entire video. Tom, I had somebody <laughs> contact me for a speaking engagement that I spoke at two days ago. And when I was having the initial conversation, I said, how did you find out about me? And they said, the videos, the director saw the videos you put online. I've never met these people in person from a totally different state. So, and I wasn't selling anything. I was just sharing, but somebody picked up that content and said, okay, I'm going to give this person an opportunity. And it was from speeches that I had done like two or three years ago. That's awesome. So, you know, dust off those archives. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking about that, that we all have, you know, videos and, and you don't have to use the whole video. Find those little one and two and three minute clips and make them into reels for all the different sites you use. And maybe it'll fall into the right place because leading into tip number two, you have to plan yes. for your social media success. But, but what do you mean by that? I mean, everything. I mean, really think about what you want to share with your audience and when it's appropriate in regards to the calendar year. 
So what a lot of people do, if, if this is not their world, they'll go, oh, let me just post something and they'll post something randomly. And they may go back and check and see what the, what the data was on it and whether or not people actually engaged it. Maybe they won't, but you really need to check, but they don't think ahead. So that's, that's where the planning comes in at, you know, what do I need to be saying in two weeks in three weeks next month? Do I need to have a graphic that, you know, acknowledges the holidays? Am I running a sale? Because maybe you are, maybe you want to let people know that you have a book that's out there and you want to start promoting it just before the holidays, or you have a retreat, you know, these are all moments that you can actually be planning for. What about if you're being interviewed like this one? This will be in my social media feed and I'll let people know in advance that they can tune in and watch. But if you have the opportunity, whether it's being on a podcast or if you have an upcoming conference, these things don't drop out of the sky. You know in advance. So be thinking about how can I make this into content? One of the things that a lot of people miss out on is if you are ever interviewed by the news, you can actually request that video and that is content. It also adds to your credibility because somebody else is asking you to speak, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think there's so many different ways that, that we can plan for social media. And, and I haven't thought of most of these until just a, just a second ago. But you said like, you know, around the holidays or around some other type of big event, obviously the election is coming up and that's going to affect a lot of people. So if you speak on something like stress or mental health, mm-hmm. you know, like Eliz Green does is our, she's planning to release a whole bunch of things around how the election can trigger stress issues for people. And she's been planning that for months going up towards that because it ties directly in to her topic. So what are some things that you think speakers could be tying to? Let's, let's brainstorm this. Let's, let's whiteboard it. What are some things that speakers could be tying this to other than just the holidays? Okay. So let's see what else is on the calendar that's coming up. And there are all kinds of like crazy holidays, even food holidays. So if any of you out there who are like food bloggers or travel bloggers, like pay attention to those days. It's like hot dog day. Oh my you know? gosh, you're right. There's all of those weird day. Every day there's like four things like National Pineapple Day or something. Yes. Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about you could do that. and But you'd have to look ahead so that you know when that's coming. Right. There are even, and this is a, a graphic design thing, but there are days where they release colors. And I know that I've, I've really just kind of whittled the audience down to people who actually care about that. But just say, if you were not a designer, that's actually in my background. So those, the colors matter a lot to me. Let's say your brand color is about the habits day and it's being released. You know, one of your pieces of content could be you wearing your brand color and saying, hey, you know, it's Pantone color day for my brand. And this is why I picked this. And this is how it ties back to my brand. This is why it should be significant to you. So whenever I'm on stage, I will look like this. And this is the energy that I'm bringing in relation to my brand colors. I know it sounds super random, but think about it. There are all these things that you can tie that a person may look at your content and go, wow, I never thought about that. And you really want them to have some kind of emotion behind it, whether it's a aha moment or them laughing or even, you know, tugging at the heartstrings, because if you tap into a piece of emotion, they're going to remember you more than, than if it was just, you know, a flat piece of content or some dry stats, they're not going to remember that. But the things that draw emotions out, they will, and they're most likely share those. 
So obviously, you know, in the, in the world of journalism, they have, you know, calendars where they're planning what are the topics they're going to do for the certain magazines in certain months. Is this something then that speakers should be doing is we should be looking ahead at what are those national days or those holidays or mm-hmm. or whatever and create that content calendar? How far in advance? How far in advance should we be thinking about planning for social media success? I would at least go two months out because it would give you an opportunity to to do some batching. And batching is when you, you block out some time and all you do in that time is create. And that also is a part of the planning process that would keep you from forgetting things or going, I just don't have time to do it because it'll already be on your calendar. Just pick a chunk of time and just say, well, today I'm going to talk about these three or four things that I know are coming up on the calendar, get them recorded and have them already edited and just waiting. So on Several of the platforms, you can actually schedule things and and put it on an automated system that will send your post to those accounts when you actually want to go out down to the time, down to the second. Okay, and that will take some of the pressure off of you. One of the things that I did when I first when I ran out of, of videos and I was like, oh, man, like I don't have all that content that I could just pull from. So what can I do now? And I don't want to be wearing the same clothes, right? Because it just gets weird if all of your videos have the same shirt and blazer. So I just did some batching and had several shirts. So I would flip between this shirt and different jackets so that I had a different look and I was recording it all on the same day. And ladies, you only had to put your makeup on once. <laughs> so, so I just was Googling something while you were talking okay. and that was because I know it exists, but I didn't know when it was. And it's not something that's tied necessarily to the National Speakers Association, but it turns out that August 7th is National Professional Speakers Day. And I figured there had it had to exist because National Everything Day does. And so is that something that every single person listening to the show should put in their calendar for like July 1st? Absolutely. So that they can start planning so that when August 7th hits, they've got a social media push that says it's Professional Speakers Day and I'm a professional speaker. And they can have reels and they can have stills of them on stage and pictures with blueberry macarons, you know, et cetera. Oh, yeah. I love it. They should definitely do that. And even in the midst of that, you know, tell people why they are a professional speaker, you know, give them a little bit of what their journey was, how they became a professional speaker from whatever career they may have had before. They can go through what the difference is between a public speaker and a professional speaker, which Lenora Billings Harris is the one who brought that to my attention. Um, (laughs) But it was, it would definitely be a moment. And even for those friends, you know, you have always have people who go, oh, I didn't know you did that. And it's like, well, I've been doing it for 15 years. How did you not know? So that may even be a moment to say, hey, I'm a professional speaker. This is who I've spoken with. This is how you can connect with me or do speaker tips, different reels on the difference between a good and a bad speaker. Those could be really funny. Well, or you could do like a whole week leading up to it, right? You could do a whole series of social media the whole first week of August saying August 7th is Professional Speakers Day. And here is my tip if you want to get into the business. And two days later, you can have the next tip and the next tip and all kinds of different things. So for those of you listening, LaShondra has just inspired me. (laughs) And I know that a lot of you are probably like, what's my day? Depending on what your theme is and your background is and your topic, et cetera. So get out there and plan for social media success in advance Don't just throw a bunch of spaghetti against the wall and hope that some tweet is going to go viral because it probably doesn't work that way, right? 
Right. And, and what's so interesting about that, I'm so glad you mentioned things going viral. If you don't have a plan, when your things go viral, what do you get out of it except for the fact that it went viral? So let's talk about that. What should I plan for just in case something I do goes, you know, wickedly viral? What should I be planning to do in that situation? Planning to capture them, capture those people. And this is where I would say, you know, this is when you think about the sales. So on the off chance that you have something that is like super, super popular, where are you going to funnel them to? Do you have an ebook that they can download? Do you have a class that they can buy, a webinar, something that will help you to capture them? What ends up happening on, on social media when you have something that is that great? If you don't have a plan, then you have all this traction. And then the next week or the next few hours, you've lost it and you didn't capture anything. And it may not feel necessary to capture, but you really do. And what I'm talking about when I say capture is capture a way to contact that person. Because unless they like your page and the algorithm is favorable, meaning that when you post something, then everybody that follows your page will see all the things that you post. That does not happen. (laughs) But if you capture it, if you have their email addresses, then you can stay in contact with them so that if something really odd like Instagram or something going down, you can still access those people. And they may not buy initially, But you will have the opportunity to continue to nurture that relationship by sharing really good, valuable content with them via your podcast or your newsletter. Nice. All right. So as a professional speaker who consults with all different types of businesses, for every type of business, the answer is probably different. So let's take this to professional speakers. What do you think are the best social media platforms that we should be paying attention to? TikTok and Instagram. Really? Now, a lot of people just went, TikTok? So some people push back on TikTok. Why TikTok? Because the algorithm is favorable and because it really is more than dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, too, was one of the people who was like, I am not doing that. You know, especially when it first came out, because it felt it felt very unprofessional. And it felt very kiddie. And I was like. I'm not dancing. And so the hardest yeah, no, transition. Nobody, is- nobody would want to see me dance. <laughs> Even my wife is like, do not do that. Like we're at a wedding. Let's dance. No, let's not. Oh, you can dance at a wedding. <laughs> Everybody considers it, you know, lighthearted. Wait till we're at a wedding together and you see me on the dance floor. You'll be like, no. <laughs> um, but I would say this. I, I was a a late adopter. And a lot of it was because of the same feeling that many people have is if they feel like their topic is serious, that it doesn't feel like the platform that's appropriate for them. You know, we're, we like LinkedIn and LinkedIn is fantastic, but TikTok also has its place. I would encourage them to go to TikTok and search for keywords that are related to their industry and see what comes up. And that's what transformed my thinking about it because I was super hesitant. And then I was like, okay, well, who do you like? Who do you follow? And I picked those people and I just went and searched for them. And then I went, Simon Sinek is on TikTok. <laughs> and he's not dancing. <laughs> yeah. We probably don't want to so, see him dance either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he listens. I don't think he listens to speakernomics. I can say that. Well, he should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but it really transformed my perspective. And I was like, you know, you don't have to dance here. And there were millions of followers on his page and many others. And then, you know, I did a little more deep digging and I saw, you know, financial literacy and there are dentists on there and there are real estate tips. So you just have to find the niche that matches for you and really pay attention to the hashtags that they're using, because those are going to be your keys to those particular audiences. Nice. Well, LaShondra, I mean, we could talk about social media probably for like a three hour episode, <laughs> but we're, we're coming to the end here. Is there anything we haven't covered when it comes to how do you leverage social media for a speaker that you're like, I wish every speaker knew this? Take advantage of the tools that you have at hand. So what do you mean by that? So there are schedulers. So you can use, you know, a tool like Hootsuite or Spring Social or Loomly that will take some of that pressure off. So after you do that wonderful batching where you've written out your content and you have your short video clips, just go ahead and put it on a scheduler within Instagram and Facebook. You can actually post things on the calendar and set the time and let some of that thing be automated for you especially if you know that you're going to have some downtime after you've been on stage, you probably aren't thinking about posting. So you can have some posts that will automatically go out for you so that when you're getting that rest time to rejuvenate for that next opportunity, your social media will still be active. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Speakernomics. I know that you listen to the show and that you're new to the NSA family. So, so welcome and thank you for your support. Uh, and we hope to see you around at lots of NSA events coming up in the future. I will be there. <laughs> awesome. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? I want you to come back every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and be more successful as a professional speaker. And always, I mean, always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.